Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett. And on today's episode, we are joined by what I believe is our very first two-timer, Mr. David Jennings. David Jennings has written the book on systems, systemology. Uh, we had him on before, just before the book launched, and uh, we dive deeper into uh, you know systems, what to do if maybe you've started you know, setting up systems, but they haven't been working or your team hasn't been uh, actually using them and implementing them. So this is a great episode. If you've started setting up systems or you're about to start setting up systems for your business, you will not want to miss this episode. And of course, if we can help you with your marketing systems, help you get more leads, more sales, more engagement online, head over to our free Facebook community. We give you free training every single week and we can show you exactly how we can help you best. That is www.joinmygroup.com.au. That'll take you straight to the Facebook community. But until then, we'll see you there. Let's jump into the show. David, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time. Pleasure. And I love to be part of this small elite group, which is the repeat guest. <laughs> I know. Um, you're, I think you're our first two-timer. And, uh, and I was like, well, I can't, you know, I shouldn't ask you, you know, like, what is it you actually do? Because you've already asked you that. So I've got, to, uh, I've got to go a little bit deeper. So obviously, as well, if you haven't, you've got to go back and listen to the first episode um with david back in the day so that's uh yeah probably many many episodes ago now but we'll link that up um but i'd love to know since since we've last chatted because obviously i think we when we spoke last you had just released the the book um it just come out i know i read it i know we got it for a ton of our clients and uh, they all really enjoyed it as well um we'd love to know what's been some of the from the uh, some of the feedback from the book so far yeah yeah, it's been a little bit of a wild ride and, and I've learned quite a lot seeing the material out in the wild, getting the feedback from people who've read the book. Then we've also built up a network of systemologists who are out working with business owners to deploy systemology in the business. And I've started to go, oh, where do people get stuck in the methodology and what do I wish I would have put in the book Uh should I have known what I know now? And a lot of that's come to light. I mean, the, the feedback that I get um, is, is extremely solid because it's around this idea that it's a new way to look at systems. And it, the book was written for business owners in particular and to help them fall in love with what business systems can deliver, like the result. Because all business owners, a lot of business owners, business owners listening to this probably don't get excited by the idea of documenting a system or a process. It doesn't work very well with visionary founders, but um, the idea of building a business that doesn't have key person dependency, that can scale much easier, that reduces a lot of the errors and wastage and makes your business a lot stronger should you need to weather the storm. You know, if something like COVID pops out of nowhere, how can you make sure that your business is really solid and can make it through? So I think that's the feedback I was getting um, is around how it simplifies the approach. That's the biggest thing. How do we apply the 80-20? And that's what people are loving most, which is, oh, it tells me what systems I need to create first and helps me introduce it to my team and those sorts of things. Yeah, I, I know that a lot of our 
clients. That's the feedback that I got after they read it. And obviously we had you come and speak at um, our mastermind and whatnot as well. And we got some really great feedback from that. And I mean, following on from that, people that have read the book started, implemented some systems. And it's like, it's almost like sometimes people can fall off the bandwagon, right? They're like, yeah, yeah systems. Like, I want to do it. I want to be like, what? Well, I want to be that uh, great business owner that has everything down pat and can can go away. Then, like, you know, life gets in the way. Other things get in the way, and it seems like the uh, they start to, you know, fall back into old habits. Um, obviously, being that you've seen everything, you know, happening out there in the wild now, what's your thoughts on that? What are some things that business owners could do if they if they've started and you know they've fallen off the bandwagon? What's um what's some things that they could do just to you know bring themselves back up? Definitely a common one because the business owner reads systemology, gets all excited, starts the process, and then, as you said, things get in, in the way. I think probably one of the biggest things, and, and maybe in addition to go into my next book, is around this idea of having a systems champion. And, and we talked about it a little bit, but the more businesses that I see deploying systemology and the ones that make it work and those that don't, having someone that really drives it forward and continues to keep it front and centre and continues to work away at it. And part of their role, they might not be your systems champion full-time, they might be an admin assistant, but then part of their role as systems champion is making sure that there's a certain amount of time allocated every single week to identifying what systems need to be created, where systems are broken, where there are issues inside the business that systems can solve and making it easy for the team to capture the way that they do things. Because that's the other big thing. A lot of your great staff are really, really busy and just putting another thing on their plate saying, can you document the way that you do this? They're going to say, yeah, I'll get to it. Uh, You know, it's important. It's not urgent. I've got 50 other urgent items that I'm going to get to first. And then that's oftentimes how it kind of slips into this back seat um, but it's critical to try and make it part of the way that you do business to keep it front and center. So one of the ideas is this idea of the systems champion and who is going to take the lead for that, who is going to keep it front and center uh, and trying to introduce some incentives for them and the team for when they do follow process. And um, that's another big one, just kind of shining the light and whether or not you have uh, a team meeting, maybe you build that into the team meeting when you're giving a shout out for people. Hey, last month, you know, James created this system or followed this process and got a really great result, like continually rewarding the positive behavior that you want to try and reinforce is another big one. Um, and trying to identify the the people who support the initiative is another big one, like finding your systems champion And then not everybody is necessarily going to be able to connect with systems and processes, but there will be some that this will just make sense for them and do whatever you can to really support them and encourage them and shine the light on that because that's what shows the other team members, ah, this is the way that I need to be acting. This is what the the business owner or the leadership team want to be seeing. Um, That's a big part of it uh, as well. Um, sometimes the other one, uh, and, and, you know, I'll take a breath after this one. Um, you might have some ideas where you can almost like burning the bridge behind you or committing to a certain, like a certain sprint is probably one of the biggest things where you identify, Hey, here are the first 15 systems that we're going to create. We have a 
deadline of when that needs to be done and you know, have a minimum viable version of these systems in place by two months from today. And then how can we make that visual? So we list out the systems that are going to be created and maybe they get color-coded orange once you record the task being done and green once they're complete and documented. Um, but trying to turn it into a little bit of a, a game with like a clear end before the next sprint is done and working in batches is really key as well because I think people work best when there's a deadline and something that they're working towards. But I don't know if you, yeah, if you see either in your own business or with some of the clients' businesses, some particular things that pop up that are stalling for them that, that we might be able to solve. Yeah, I think definitely what you said there about doing the sprints and, and having them because a lot of times when I've had people tell me that they've started to do their systems, they're like, oh, but it got too much. So I put it on the back burner and I was like, well, why isn't it part of your like your KPIs? You say that you've got time to do sales, you've got time to do marketing. Uh, if it's important to you, why don't we add one, you know, one system a week as part of there? Because some of the clients that we have, um, especially in our mastermind, like we'll do accountability um, for them. So they have to report to me like every day on sales stats, uh, interactions, things like that. And I said, okay, if you want to achieve this, like then let's add one system uh, a week. Are you going to start? Obviously that will go to the person that's going to document it for you, but you're really starting to move that process. Mm-hmm. And for us, we had, um, yeah, we had a deadline. Then we just put it as part of our weekly meeting being like, great. What systems are we getting done this week? Like how many mm-hmm. Who's responsible for what? Great. By Friday, we need to have them handed in um, because obviously we feel most of ours on Loom. They need to be in the Loom folder. Then when we do our weekly review on Friday, we should be able to go, yep, great. Tick, tick, tick. We've got all these systems in there. So um, Mm -hmm. I know for us, that was a a big one to make sure because otherwise it seems great. And then as you say, then there's like, oh, but I've got a hundred other tasks and fires here and this going on that we need to try and work with. And it becomes uh, almost bigger than Ben-Hur at that point. And there are certain things that go on in every person's business that happens on a regular cadence. There's a regular rhythm where certain activities just need to be done and there's no magic to them. They're administrative tasks, whether it's reporting through to a client, whether it's following up a particular prospect, whether it's um, setting up a project in a particular way, whether it's making sure wages are paid on time. There's a handful of these activities. And the aim of the game, if you think of your business as a training organization, you want to take those tasks and continually move them down to lower cost labor. So new team members come on board and they cut their teeth on these basic this is part of the way that we do business. We just got to get it done. And that's where they start. That's a chance where they got their training wheels on and they get up to a certain level and they feel like they can contribute to the business in a short amount of time because you have a good system for it. Then once they start to nail it and really dial that process in, there might become a time where they then pass that down to the next team member that comes on board and they're skilled up to a certain level now where they can start to handle some of the exceptions and when something doesn't quite follow the system or someone is getting a custom product or service. So it's this constant game of seeing your business as a training organisation, figuring out what those base level systems are and moving as many of those to the admin assistant. So you're constantly freeing up department heads and higher cost labor to work on tasks 
that only they can do. And this really is the game of business. So, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're a, a member of um, Kim's Mastermind and you know he, one of the things he wants is that you do your reporting every single month, what a fantastic task to try and systemize where the bulk of 80% of the preparation of that report is done by an assistant. And then you hop in and you do the final few things. There's probably not a huge amount of magic that you're doing to create that report for Kim. Like you're just pulling numbers and stats and getting in and pulling it all into one location. So again, finding those types of tasks, systemizing that, and then moving it onto someone else's responsibility, especially if it's something that you don't enjoy as a business owner. Um, yeah, I think a few of the ideas like that, hopefully, I mean, if you've listened to the first podcast, we've already built the case on why you need to do this. So I think we were talking a big part about this episode, thinking about how do we help you if you've gotten stuck or you've started. So hopefully there are some extra ideas. 100%. And I think the next point where people get stuck is that they have all these great systems, but staff don't use them. Yeah. Or they yeah. have them there and then people go back and you're like, oh, if you have all these great systems and you actually followed them, you'd be able, you'd have the answer to that. But there seems for some reason that they just kind of drop off and even though they're there, they don't use them. What have, what have you found yeah. to, be, uh, uh, to be common when it comes to that with business owners where they, they, they build them all, which is yes. the first step, but then they've actually got to have everyone use them all. Yeah. So there's probably about two pieces that we can really help with here. Firstly, this idea of uh, new staff versus existing staff. Existing staff are usually where you get most of that resistance because they'll go, well, I've always done it this way. Why do I need to change? Why do I need to follow the process? Or I know how to do this. Why do I need the process? So that's one bucket that you have to deal with. The other bucket is the new team members where um, as long as you create your onboarding approach and, and it's worth spending the time thinking about how you onboard and train new team members and you teach them this is the way that we do things here you'll find there's much less resistance from those new team members. But in either example, um, one of the most important things to do is think in terms of the transparency of what is happening so everybody can see it. So obviously having something like uh, a project management platform is a great start because it moves things out of email and then make sure it's in a location where all conversation can go on around tasks. But more than that, like we've built out Slack. We use Slack for our internal messaging, but also for um, what we call triggers. So if a certain action happens that needs an immediate response, we have that trigger get piped into a Slack channel. And that might be something like, an order. Someone orders one of our concierge packages that appears in a Slack channel as the new order has come through. Now that means the whole team can see this order has come through. Now the first step of that is for someone to go and, and duplicate the task in our project management platform and then post the link from that task inside Slack. That tells everybody this has been captured, actioned, and now the Asana task has been set up where all of the subtasks will happen. It's that level of transparency that you want to try and build in as much as possible. So someone is basically being held accountable. And there's a few tweaks around that. It's all about 
transparency and accountability where you're linking to the relevant systems when a task is assigned to them. And then if they're ticking off a task that they say is done, but they haven't followed the process, but the task is, is, is explained in a how-to document inside the task that's assigned to them, it, there's a lot less wiggle room for some, if they make a mistake for you to go, hang on, the system is listed out here. It was assigned in the task that was given to you. Um, you need to follow that process. I don't care if you have it open or not. If you execute it flawlessly, fantastic, have it closed. But if you can't execute it flawlessly, then you should be having the task open. So um, part of this also is uh, depending on the size of the team that you've got, if you've got an operations manager or not, um, is, is finding someone over time as you grow and you get more team members whose job it is to kind of go around and kick the tires. It's almost like, especially at the start, they go around and they follow the links of here's that order trigger and that's the related project management task. Does that look like that's been set up correctly? Has that been assigned to someone? Like in project management land, we always think who does what by when. So it should be clear for any task who is responsible and when it is due by. Um, so a few little distinctions like that, I think definitely onboarding is a big part of it. If it's existing staff, um, you want to think about how do we introduce this extra level of transparency where there, there's, there's no real place to hide. Um, and it's kind of like, this is the task that you're doing. And I mean, to keep this easy and where you start off with, I mean, where you can get quite complex for this, but if we go down, like I said, right back to what we said a few moments ago, identify the 10 to 15 tasks or so that are going on in your business that are administrative related, that happen on a recurring basis, identify those, build the systems around those and make those transparent. You don't need to make everything transparent to start. Just start off with a handful of the ones that you heavily systemize and they're the new things that all new team members come on board and, and start off learning about your business. And you teach them transparency and accountability and this is how we do things here. So, so that, that's also part of it. Mm. And if you have tasks and systems where people, uh, I'll say drop the ball, for lack of a better mm -hmm. term, uh, from that perspective of them, is that then... Uh, almost like a precursor to being like, great, let's increase the transparency on this task. Let's make it so that it's in a, a Slack channel with everyone so we can see more about it to make yes. sure the execution works. I, lo I love your thinking. And that's exactly right. It's the same idea that um, when you start to systemize a business, you have to start somewhere. It has to be 80-20 and um, you're not going to systemize everything. And just because you don't systemize something doesn't mean it's going to magically stop happening in your business. Um, you've still got great team members. They still do things a certain way and, and that's okay. I think focusing in on the areas that are breaking down and building systems and re-engineering and introducing transparency on broken bits is a great way. Um, once you get the first base set of systems down, um, then using that as a way to, to think about what are the next systems you work on? What, what are things that the ball is getting dropped? I know that every time that we're making a sale, 
that when it's getting handed over from the salesperson to the operations team, um, there seems to be a drop in the ball. We're not responding as quickly. Um, the operations team aren't properly briefed, um, so they don't know exactly what's going on. Okay, well, that's a problem. So how then do we shine a light on that? Well, that's, again, I'm just talking about what happened for us. We realized that was an issue. So that became a trigger. As soon as the sale came in, everybody knows the sales come in. Now there's a set of steps underneath that around how the transition and the handover happens. And it's really transparent. And now we have really great handover from sales to operations and the way that they set up all of the tasks and those sorts of things. So um uh, yeah, astute thinking there is to to narrow in on those. And what you'll find is initially it's a bit of a game of whack-a-mole. There's a bunch of problems that you have to solve. Over time, um, there's still problems to solve. I mean, that's just business, um, but the quality of the problems that you solve start to get bigger. So rather than um, following up, um, oh, did we grab the expiry date on that credit card? Oh, nuts. Like rather than business owners solving that type of problem, you solve that type of problem at the system level and then the business owner can then work on higher quality problems, which which is better use of their time. Mm, yeah, I love that. I think that that approach to it, uh, I think for many business owners, probably gives them a little bit of a, a sigh of relief as well, being that they're like, oh, well, if something didn't work, then oh, all my systems don't work now. I have to go and restart and try and rethink them rather than um, I like that extra piece of like adding the, the transparency to it and the accountability to it. Um, and then using that as your directive, because then it's not like you're, put, you're putting out bushfires, you're putting out spot fires, little ones that kind of pop up. And then it allows you just to be like, great, like how do we just avoid them um, as much as possible? Rather than being like, oh, okay, cool, as you said, like, well, that person signed up. We didn't get their, you know, their uh, expiry date, and they also didn't get any of the onboarding. It's yes. just like it just gets smaller and smaller, which is which is awesome. Yeah, this really is a process. I think the more and more businesses that we work with, I realize um, this doesn't happen by accident. You, you've really got to say, I want to build a systems culture. You got to grab onto it. You got to make it part of the way that you do business. You got to make it someone's responsibility. You got to keep it front and center, and you got to keep revisiting it and reinventing it, just like you do with marketing. Like sometimes you might land on, oh, a particular marketing piece works really well, and you run that marketing piece for the next six to twelve months. There will be times where certain, oh wow. YouTube algorithm has changed and our YouTube ad strategy isn't working. I've got to change the messaging or, hey, you know, we've burnt out a bunch of these different audiences. We've got to rewrite the copy for the Facebook ads and find out the new angle and the new mix. Like this is just part of business, this, this idea of the evolution. And I kind of want people just like marketing is a department, just like sales might be a department and operations. I think giving the systems the same level of respect and be thinking about innovating and improving and identifying where is this not working and how what can we do to make it work? What adjustments do we need to make? Um, that That's something that has to be done if you want the benefits of what a systemized business brings. And, I mean, I've seen businesses that are systemized versus ones that aren't. And it's night and day difference for the business owner in stress, in profits, 
in growth potential, in how the team feels about it. Um, and, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. This is something that you really want to fall in love with and just keep working at it and finding the right team members around you. Because most business owners, if you're like you know myself or, or, or Kim, I mean, we don't like documenting process and systems. And we, I don't even necessarily see myself as a, a natural systems person. It's about finding the right person who compliments you. Mm. Yeah, I think that's so important. Um, I love that. I think that you've uh, you you put a nice little bow on on that topic for everyone. And uh, of course, we'll link everyone to the original episode. But if people have been listening to this and maybe um, they haven't, you know, dived into systems before, or they have and they need a bit of a a refresher, where's the best place for people to connect with you online, find out more about, you know, um, systemology and, and your thought process on the whole thing? Yeah. Look, if you're listening to this, you're probably an audio book person. So just head over to Audible. And if you haven't got the book yet, you can just search systemology, grab that, or head over to Amazon, get yourself the physical book. And then if you need extra help beyond that, you know, if you want to have some accountability or some extra support or work with a systemologist, uh, you can just go to systemology.com and we can kind of go from there. But the, the book, it's useful. It's complete. For the right person, you'll, you'll run with it as much as you need. Um, but if you need the extra support, yeah, systemology.com. Um, we've got a couple of options there as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much. So if you're a business owner who's listening to this um, and you haven't done uh, your your, uh, your systems and haven't sunk your teeth into it, please do that. Or if you know a business owner who maybe they've started looking at systems in their business or that you know that they complain about things happening all the time and not being able to know what's going on, please share this episode with them so that they can get a little bit of David's wisdom uh, between their ears and hopefully uh, they can start to become a, a bit of a systemologist and become a systems addict uh, that'd be great to see. So again, David, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate you making the time. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you.